Welcome to the Plant-Based Entrepreneur Show with your host, Jerry Saver. Hi, and welcome to a very special episode of the Plant-Based Entrepreneur Show, a podcast for and about the people who are creating a plant-based future where you can get inspired, learn from their experience and their approach, and find out what works when you're setting up your own vegan business. Now, this is episode number 50. We have been running for nearly a year and a half now. And because this podcast keeps growing, I wanted to make today a sort of a best off rundown of our favorite episodes. Now, of course, if you've been with us for a long time, you'll have your own favorites. But today we're going to be taking a look at the top 10 in terms of total downloads. So let's dive right in and start at number 10. So each country is different, but I think that these are some of the the big picture opportunities um, and and challenges there. But I would I would love to see more plant based uh, companies starting um, uh, around the, the globe. But but certainly India and and China are two really important places for that. And with the hope that they could be cheaper or at least cost comparative to the traditional animal products, because with the goal of helping animals, I don't want to just create a, a market of niche products that are premium in price, but to have ones that are accessible to everyone. And I think that's the only way in which we're going to really be able to drive down the suffering that animals uh, endure in factory farms. So that was Nathan Runkel, the founder of Mercy for Animals. And of course, you'll probably know Mercy for Animals as the nonprofit most famous for their undercover investigations of the farming industries. But Nathan himself is a really interesting person, and he's got some really forward-looking ideas about plant-based business. And in fact, I know he, first of all, he's one of those people who know exactly what they're meant to do in this world, and he's doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing. And his mission is simply to make the world a kinder place for all sentient creatures. And his approach, the approach that he applied to Mercy for Animals, it could very well be applied to any business, whether it's for-profit or non-profit. And in fact, um, Nathan was one of the people behind the creation of Good Food Institute and New Crop Capital. So even though he is most known for founding Mercy for Animals at 15 years old, no less, he is also a huge driving force behind the growth of plant-based business in the United States and in the world as well, probably. So hearing him talk is both educational and a huge inspiration. And I believe that since we recorded this interview, Nathan actually quit his position as the CEO of Mercy for Animals to move more into the for-profit arena of plant-based business. And I'm really looking forward to what he does next. Okay, and now we're continuing at number nine with episode 28. This is something uh, I talk about a lot with people who are thinking about founding companies and looking for co-founders and like, who is your founding team? Um, it's easy to want to start a company with somebody who's similar to you. 
that said, when you are starting a company, there's so much to do. That diversity of mind and experience is really important. And one of the beauties of starting a mission-driven company is that you can have this incredibly powerful glue where you all, you know, your hearts all beat for the same cause, for the same reason. So who you just heard was Alexis Fox, who's one half of the founding duo behind Lighter. And Lighter is, at first glance, a meal planning app, but it's so much more than just a simple meal planning app. It's actually a very intelligent online platform for choosing whose nutrition recommendations you will follow and then getting your meal plans completely customized to you. And it's all done with their proprietary, um, you could probably call it AI. They're, when I was talking to Alexis, um, they were moving in the direction of having their algorithms really intelligently pick what sort of food, what serving sizes, and what nutrients are required for you, and then just customizing everything that you get out for your needs. But, you know, more than just being an impressive product, Lighter is actually a super example of um, how to build a tech startup, even if you don't have technology-oriented founders, because neither Alexis nor her partner, Micah, are coders. You know, Alexis has a background in law and in prof comedy, and Micah is a nutritionist and ultra runner. But they just took this idea for, for a tech solution and they build it up bit by bit, iteration by iteration. So this interview is about focusing on the right things as a startup and letting go of those that don't move you towards your goals and um, focusing, for instance, on retention and virality instead of investing in marketing. And it's also about the role that technology plays in creating the plant-based future and, of course, the ways that we can get there. Following up in eighth place, it's episode number 29, which actually held the top spot for a long time after it was published. I want to strive to live in a world where I'm not needed and clean food, dirty girl. There's absolutely no need for me. <laughs> That's it. I mean, I, I want to live in a world where um, people take care of their body with the food they eat and they don't need medication. They don't need to relearn how to feed themselves. So I, I would like to, to be able to say that I have no business. I have none because people are eating fucking amazing. And so I no longer need to, to, to teach them. <laughs> I guess that's putting myself out of business. But at that point, I guess I could write a book or something and I'd be okay. That was Molly Patrick, the face and voice of Clean Food Dirty Girl. And in many ways, she is the Clean Food Dirty Girl because hers is an online personality brand. And what she does is she teaches people how to get to healthy plant-based eating without any judging of their flaws or slip-ups and... To be completely frank, with quite a bit of swear words thrown in the mix to keep it real. But this interview is absolutely not just about talking dirty to get people to listen to your message about clean food. It's about building a personality brand upon who you truly are 
and realizing that no matter what you do, there will always be people who simply won't like you. And that's okay because those aren't the people who matter anyway. The people who matter are those that do connect with you because of who you are. And this is what Molly does best. And judging by the response that we've had to this interview, I can tell you that her audience is super engaged with her. So this is about finding the right way to express your message and finding your ideal audience. And it's about the universal rules for building a successful business, regardless of its size. And now in seventh place, we have episode number one. So yes, that's right. This is the very first plant-based entrepreneur show ever recorded. And after working with so many of these food companies, I realized they're not made up of bad people. You know, most of the people work at the grocery stores and and restaurant chains and and food service. You know, they're not evil. You know, they don't want to see animals suffer. They they just happen to work at companies that are caught up in a system, and that system is bad. So that was Josh Balk, and that was the very first interview that I ever recorded for the Plant Based Entrepreneur Show. And, um, well, Josh is the vice president of farm animal protection with the Humane Society of the United States. And he's the co-founder of Hampton Creek, which is now called Just. So he's one of the two Joshes behind the first vegan unicorn, or the first plant-based company to ever pass $1 billion in market valuation. But more importantly, he was an extremely graceful guest and he was very patient with my nerves because... Well, I was nervous. It was my first interview. I was getting up at 2 a.m. to record it because we were living in New Zealand at the time. And we had some technical difficulties recording it as well. Not to mention that this was before I had Diego on my team to edit the interview. So I think I probably spent a whole week just polishing up the sound. And uh, to be honest, I'm... Listening to it right now is a bit painful for me because um, I can totally hear how nervous I was and all the blunders that I was making, but it continues to be one of the most popular episodes of the show. So if you want to tune in, please go ahead. And now moving on to number six, it's episode 32 with Tobias Leonard. So systemically... Uh, business is very important but also yeah business is a form of or can be a form of of activism and it can be a form of activism that is actually more sustainable than uh, being a volunteer in some organization or being like an outreach on the street it can be more sustainable because you get an income from it and there's no shame in getting an income from doing what you love and doing something that has an impact so um, i really like it when people are able to make a living out of doing something good and the strange thing is that within social movements, uh, within movements to make the world a better place, this is often frowned upon. And, and you can you can make a lot of money by selling soap and nobody cares. But if you make some money, and not even a lot of money, but just make a living by doing something good, then a lot of people will complain. And they will tell you like, oh, you shouldn't make money off the back of the animals, etc., etc. This is a nonsensical argument. When you are able to work for the animals full-time thanks to that thanks to the fact that you have an income then you have gained for the animals then you have actually made 
uh, made it possible for yourself to do activism 24-7, or let's say 14 or 50 hours a week, and not just on the sidelines after hours, which is more impactful and more sustainable. I have to say that Tobias, he has got to be one of my favorite vegan thinkers. He writes under the name of Vegan Strategist, which is also the title of his blog. And last year, he published a book called How to Create a Vegan World, a Pragmatic Approach. And this subtitle, this, I believe, is also the reason why a small subsect of vegans hate him with a passion, because his approach is completely pragmatic. But that's not to say that Tobias isn't very passionate about bringing change and lessening the suffering of animals. He's just accepted the fact that um, veganism is not a change that needs to be pushed on people from without, you know, as a result of messages that often shock and repel as much as they convince people to, to make the change. This attitude change that we're all after can come gradually as a result of, well, widespread availability of vegan options and as a result of making the change so effortless that people don't even realize that it's happening. So even though Tobias writes about all manners of issues, we spoke about vegan business in this interview and his views on it. And this was a perfect starting point for the discussion on how vegan companies can drive the change and how their marketing budgets can often exceed the campaign budgets of most organized animal rights movements. But the end result is always the same, less suffering and a more plant-based future. And this interview is all about the ways that business can take us there. And now, now that we get to number five, it's actually very fitting that um, in fifth place, we have episode number 48 with Tom Ben Area. And I have to warn you, this talk is actually not completely plant-based. And I'll tell you why in just a minute. A society that is based on using animals so much cannot accept ideas such as animal rights. Because if you eat animals for every meal or every day, you cannot, a society like this cannot accept ideas such as that animals have rights to live and, and so on. I think that after we will solve the, meat, uh, the problem with the meat industry, not only we will uh, save 98% of the animals, we will also make a big difference for the other uh, animal rights uh, projects and uh, struggles because basically it would be much easier to make people stop using it. So Tom is, he's actually not an entrepreneur, so there's not many tips on how to build a business in this interview. But he's a PhD candidate and he's a scientific advisor to the Modern Agriculture Foundation. And he's working on something that has the potential to change, well, our entire food system. And that is clean meat. So like I said, this one, number 48, is not a completely plant-based talk because clean meat is a concept that seems to be quite divisive in the vegan community. To me personally, it's a super important topic, and that's why I was so pleased, well, first of all, to 
for the chance to to talk to Tom, and second to see that this interview for um, all the controversy that still surrounds the topic also made it in the top ten, because this for me is a glimpse into the future and. It's just the kind of future that this show was meant to discuss. And speaking of that, we only have four to go now. And next up is episode 46 with Peter Thornton. Like I see that currently we have this wheel of destruction, and which is based on consumption. And it's, it's like a blind consumption as people consuming things, looking for short-term pleasure, which have long-term costs. It's like we're, we're not really aware of the impact of what we're doing to ourselves and to the planet. We don't actually see it because there's, there's things inside of that give us momentary pleasure, which blind us to the, the reality. It's like sugar-coated poison bills. To make change in that environment where people are literally addicted to the habit patterns and to the food that they're eating, it's like walking into a, an opium den where everybody's on crack and trying to you know, tell them right now it's time to get off. It's time to change. There's enormous opportunity to uh, work with people and collaborate and see how we can integrate solutions within business that are profitable, that create uh, the cycle of change. And so it's, it's, you know, it's something that's based on creative consumption, mm-hmm. things that we can share which have got you know, benefits in the present and benefits in the future. As you probably know, this is a podcast about creating a plan-based future. And to do that, we need big ideas. And well, Peter's idea is about as big as they come. It's on the scale of recreating our society. But the thing is, Peter might actually have the means to achieve that because he's the director of impact investment at High Prosperity Group in Australia. So he works with ultra high net worth individuals who want to change the world. And this was the last interview that we did in 2017 so it was a really good wrap-up of the year because even though we did not focus on a specific area of plant-based business we took a sort of a bird's-eye view of how things are and how they may change in not just the food system but educational systems and health systems and energy systems as well So basically everything that could be interconnected into what Peter calls creative consumption. So it's a big idea, but it's just the kind that we need and Peter is put in motion. So if you think that this is something that you can contribute to, his contact is in the show notes. And like I said, this was episode 46. And now we're down to the top three most downloaded episodes of the Plant-Based Entrepreneur Show so far. And the second runner-up is episode 41 with Jody Monell. This was never my plan, but once I had realized how important this is and how veganism isn't just about your daily meal choices, it, it transpires into almost every aspect of your life and I felt like I couldn't not do something about it. And so I initially started my own blog. And as with most blogs, um, I would have a really good week of of writing something and feeling really passionate about it and maybe put out two or three posts or or more. And then I would lose motivation and not write anything for a good few months. And I think the main reason for that, and I think the main reason that a lot of bloggers do, I guess, not last long and and don't really 
have the impact that they necessarily deserve is is because it's a lot of upkeep for one person to do and and it's difficult and you know it almost feels like the energy that you're putting in is is not really rewarded it's a drop in the ocean really in terms of impact and when it comes to veganism most people feel really strongly and really passionate about getting their voices heard so so yeah that's that's where I started and and then on from there I kind of realized that there needs to be a bigger platform for all these all these voices and, and there's so much information out there which is just not being heard at the moment so yeah I guess that's in a, in a roundabout way how things started so Jody Monell just in case you don't know her, she's the head of Live Kindly, and I'm pretty sure that you know about Live Kindly if you have Facebook and you're vegan or you have some vegan friends who are sharing content. So the first thing that you're going to hear in this interview is my surprise that the brand had only been going for six months when we recorded it, because just looking at the number of their followers, I was pretty sure they'd been operating for a year or two. Well, now... They are close to half a million, and that's in less than one year. So that's a huge success for social media. And even more so because at its core, Live Kindly was born from Jody's wish to have a vegan blog, which is probably something that a lot of vegans start and a lot of vegans never take anywhere. Well, what she did is she created a platform for sharing compassionate ideas. She brought in more content creators. She brought in programmers. She got it funded. And she turned it into the fastest growing vegan brand of 2017. So that was episode 41 with Jody Monell about rocking social media. Now we are moving on to rocking something else. We've got two to go. And the first runner-up is episode 43. If you look at human history, we bend towards justice, but we also bend towards reason and evidence. It just takes us a while. So, I mean, you look at human history, like if we were doing this interview <clears throat> 1,500 years ago, the only people who had rights were kings and their offspring. And slowly over time, we extend rights to more and more people and more and more groups and more and more things. You know, we started talking about environmental rights and now we're talking about animal rights. And slavery has largely been overturned everywhere in the world. When, when slavery was part of the status quo, the economy depended upon slavery, but somehow humans overturned slavery against their own economic interest. And that is so encouraging it means that even when it's hard, humans ultimately do the right thing. The guy you just heard was Richard Melville Hall, better known as Moby. So try to put aside anything you think you know about Moby the musician, because I like to think that in this interview, you can hear him talk about some things that he doesn't discuss very often, like why you need to be very stupid to open a vegan restaurant how he ended up working with NASA, whether he prefers manned or unmanned spaceflight, and why he is, when it comes to veganism and animal rights, ultimately optimistic about our capability for doing the right things. And that, 
brings us to the most downloaded episode of the Plant-Based Entrepreneur Show in the past year and a half. And I don't know if it was the nut jokes or the giant squirrel on the podcast cover, but here's Liz Hampton of Goodness with episode 42. On the big scope, it's like a, a ginormous market, but I've managed to find this little niche that hasn't really been addressed yet. And we're building what I like to call the milk it yourself movement. So everyone can milk it themselves. But yeah, the thing about it is there's not really um, a lot of information on making it yourself. Like there are videos on YouTube and things like that. Um, and there are cold pressed nut milk companies that you can find. But, you know, those nut milks run for from at least 8 to $13 for 16 ounces. And so I realized that like the biggest value for people is to be able to make it and utilize the pulp after. And yeah, that's just something that I think people assume that because the current nut milk on the market is so convenient that people aren't going to take the time to make their nut milk. I'm proving that wrong by showing that there are a lot of people who want to do it themselves and want to control their ingredients um, and who take pride in making their own things. And I'm just making it convenient for them. So that was Liz Hampton, the founder of Goodness. And as you've heard, she is very passionate about milking nuts. The brand Goodness is a great example of a quirky new vegan brand launched with crowdfunding, successful campaign, viral videos. And it's, it's just a great example of how even with a limited budget and just a lot of creativity and friends to help you out and a big squirrel suit, you can successfully launch a product and a brand and get enough raving fans for your interview to actually land in the top spot of the plant-based entrepreneur show. So there you have it, the top 10 episodes of the podcast so far. Now, of course, like I said, this is going by download numbers alone because subjectively, I know there are others that you've probably enjoyed, which didn't make the cut. And for me, there's just such a broad spectrum of knowledge about vegan business among all the guests that we bring on the show. It's actually hard to really pick favorites. But if you've just found this podcast and you're wondering what's a good place to start, or if you are an old listener, but you're not caught up on all the episodes, definitely go and check these 10 out. The links to all of them are in the show notes. So if you click to the plantbasedentrepreneur.com forward slash show forward slash episode 050, you'll find them all there. And you'll see each episode has its own show notes page where you'll find the links to everything discussed relevant brands, the books, people, and for the newer episodes from number 40 on, we also have timestamp transcripts so you can get all the important parts of the audio faster. So once again, if you go to the website and find episode 50, you'll get all the shows listed today there, but you can also subscribe on iTunes, on Stitch Radio, and on Podcast Addict. Just look for the Plant-Based Entrepreneur Show and add it to your podcast feed and that way you'll never miss an episode again. And finally, if you have your own favorite that we didn't mention or any favorites of the show at all, I'd love to know. You can always email me directly at jerry at theplantbasedentrepreneur.com and share what interviews you love hearing and why. So 
This has been our special 50th episode of the Plan-Based Entrepreneur Show. We're coming back with another interview next time. Until then, stay amazing and remember, the future is plan-based.